Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. Uh, my name is Paul Cummings, Whole Cyber Human Initiative. We are taking over, breaking into cyber today. Our partner, uh, Chris Foulon and proud director uh, is detained. So I will be leading it today. And today we have Leah McLean with us who has a very interesting journey uh, breaking into cyber. Uh, please introduce yourself, Leah. First, I just have to laugh. Detained. <laughs> it makes it sound like he's a criminal, which he's not. <laughs> I think he's in a training session, so we'll, um, you know, get the facts straight <laughs> first off. Yeah, that's, that's detained. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks um, for having me, Paul, and for Christophe and the and and Renee on the show. Um, yeah, Leah McLean here. I am uh, currently at Mastercard as a Vice President, Cybersecurity Specialist in the Cybersecurity Advisory Practice Group. And then I am also a co-founder and partner with you all for Whole Cyber Human Initiative, um, the nonprofit for us to continue to help improve how we can change the hiring system in cybersecurity. So it's good to be here. It's funny you mentioned uh, the hiring system. How many certs do you have? Oh, actually, I have one. It's AWS, and I'm working on my CISSP. You probably ask, how did you get this far in a career with one and a half certs or, you know? <laughs> but, I mean, looking at your history, I mean, you have a lot of a lot of awesome job roles that you've done over the time, you know, with this business development, strategic partnership and alliances. Um, you have loads of volunteer work. You know, what was... Do you think those are what helped you cross those hurdles? Uh, you know, was there a strategy behind it? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I was definitely unconventional in, in my path in. Um, I mean, my major in college was a bachelor's in political science with an emphasis in international relations. I wanted to go on to be a journalist and cover politics. And then I saw the starting pay for journalists and I'm like, Ooh, I can't live on that. <laughs> um, but I also had parents who were, um, uh, well, they, I, I can appreciate the upbringing that they gave me. We did, we did not grow up wealthy. And I had that dad who, uh, college graduation hadn't even walked and gotten my diploma yet, but it was that weekend with the, all the family in who gave me my, uh, car insurance and said, your name's on it. So starting next week, the bill's in your name, kid. Welcome to the real world. I'm like, dad, I haven't even graduated and got my diploma officially yet. Um, so, you know, I was, uh, had to pay for everything. Didn't get things paid for me. Um, quickly had to learn, okay, what am I going to do um, with this degree? And I was lucky to have been brought up and raised in Silicon Valley, California. So technology was around us. So I've always worked in technology, but I started my career in marketing, um, marketing, PR, communications. And um, first company I was at was a semiconductor company, so chipset level. And, you know, I've always been very interested in technology um, and how it works. And for me, I'm a visual person. So if I have to take compl complex technology and distill it into a story or a message, um, a narrative for the broader audience, for me to understand the technology to do that, I need to get my hands on it. And so I, I 
engineers loved me because I was always curious what they were doing. I wanted to learn. They were open to teaching me. Um, and th that was a passion of mine is not just, you know, being in those roles and delivering um, what I did through those jobs, but um, being able to see how the technology works and get that sort of experience. And the more I got my hands on, um, the more I realized I want to be closer to the technology. And, but, you know, I got to a point in my career where I was, you know, with the transition going from marketing, PR and communications, um, I looked at, you know, it was probably midway and said to myself, well, if I transition and, and I'll take a step back, I was at Cisco, actually, I was there for three years. And that's when I really got into cybersecurity. I was working with different business units and one of them, Cisco at the time, did a lot of acquisitions in security. Um, and they had Chris Young at the helm of the cybersecurity business at the time before he went on to be CEO at McAfee and now he's at Microsoft. And so I you know, had one of the teams ask me to come on over. And I was hesitant at first because it was a little daunting, right? Um, this is like 10 years ago. But I did it and I never looked back. Um, you know, I, I've been in cybersecurity for, I'd say it's been like about 10 years now. But I didn't, you know, I had a couple choices. And I think this goes for all career transitioners out there. You know, you get comfortable when you're so far along in a career path with, um, you know, the salary and, you know, the benefits and, and where you're at. You don't necessarily want to start over. So I decided to go a bit different in how I, you know, accomplished it in my journey. And when I look back on it, I don't regret it because of what I've learned that gave me the skill sets I need today that I see why they're so valuable in um, cybersecurity now, right? So for example, uh, I went into strategic alliance partnerships and you know, that's all about, and I was always on the vendor side, cybersecurity vendor solutions, um, tool companies, if you will. And you have to really understand the technology and the stack to know with what company you're working at, the products that they have, what's missing, and then what companies you have to work with to integrate for a fuller, you know, more complete solution, right? Um, no company does everything, even if the marketing says so. Uh, and, and that's when I got a lot more hands-on with the technology. And, but that, but I look back on it and, you know, one, it enabled me to get my hands on, I'd say a lot of the tool vendor companies out there now and know how they work, what they do, um, really under, start to understand cloud when that was first kind of flourishing and taking off and be part of that for cloud security. And then also just having to have always had to understand the business in those PR and communication marketing roles and partnership roles. Um, I can talk the narrative from the business and how to enable the business. And I know that's a lot of what we're seeing and hearing today from cybersecurity leaders and professionals that, you know, how do they translate what they do to the business enablers for the CEO and, and the board to get the resources and budgets that they need. And so that those folks understand why is it so important to invest in. That leads to a good question that Kerry has. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely been struggling trying to get his footing inside you know the tech industry. Uh, still trying to get into uh, somewhere in the technical field. He's working with networking skills. Uh, has still has a long way to go. Just wondering who to ask or how to ask about getting into a job uh, with 
with all the stuff that you've done with the multi-cloud alliance and all your mentorship, what do you, what would you suggest? Yeah, well, first of all, I'd say, Carrie, reach out to us. We'd love to chat more and just get a better understanding for some more context. Um, definitely, if you're looking to get into cyber, we um, there's a good program we have for Whole Cyber Human Initiative. Um, it's all free. But um, being part of groups and organizations and, you know, you really have to insert yourself to get the skill sets, right? Um you can't be shy about it. And I learned that quickly, that if I want to learn and get my hands on technology to get those skill sets, I have to take the initiative to walk over to the engineering department and say, I want to know how this works. Will you show me? Will you teach me? Um, rarely will you get a no. Um, and then also being part of organizations, you know, I've always sought out different organizations. Everyone needs help. Every nonprofit needs help. So find those organizations that resonate with you, that align with you, that are of the interest in what you're trying to achieve within the technical field, and then just reach out and say, hey, are you looking for volunteers? And more often than not, they are, and, and they will give you work to do in a position. And once you get ingrained in those sort of organizations and communities, you can start networking a lot more easier. You meet a lot of people. You can get your mentors. Um I will definitely say it's it's a lot of work on everyone in every individual's part, but it it can be done. So don't give up. And happy to connect on uh, LinkedIn after this and chat more. Yes, Carrie, definitely connect with Leah. Um, I know uh, during the beginning of our phases setting up whole cyber, Carrie reached out to us originally, but there was a lot going on, some circumstances that just didn't award a lot of time to to devote to our program, but you nailed it. You know, the, the mentoring piece, you know, you don't need just one mentor. Um, and I think that is one of the things that's helped me. I mean, I'm in the nonprofit realm right now. You know, I'm doing research and development on the side, but I'm doing nonprofit. So I reached out to Peter Klein, uh, you know, one of our partners over at Boost the Books and he's helped every step of the way. Um, but what kind of organizations would you suggest? Yeah, there. I mean, there's a lot of them out there, right? And I'll step back first and kind of talk about mentoring as well, because I've had different mentors throughout my career. And, that, and that's, I think, going to be true for anyone, right? It depends what stage in your career that you're in, if you're a career transitioner, right? Some mentors I've had when I was in my PR marketing days, I still have because they've gone on to do, you know, other bigger things, um, become CEOs or C-suite to some degree, but they still help me in terms of the perspectives that I need, even if it's not completely related to what I'm actually doing, it gives me the perspective and, and more a different lens that I can still apply within my job, right? And then you're going to always need to have new mentors as you um, transition in, in your career and journey. And I'd say find a good mix of um, leaders, peers, and then even the younger, you know, you, I learn from people younger than me all the time. I'm learning all the time <laughs> and will always continue to learn. But I don't look at age or tenure necessarily because we all have things that we can contribute and help each other with. And that's the great part about having a community and getting mentors. And then, um, you know, I do like to give back and mentor as well. So I have a, quite a few mentees. But when you look at 
um, what type of organizations, right? A again, it, it, it depends on what do you want to do, right? If it's security, um, there's so many out there. There's a lot of nonprofits. There's Whole Cyber Human Initiative. There's Gatebreakers. Um, Naomi Buckwalter runs that. Um, Cyber Future Foundation, another great nonprofit. Um, you can look at ISC Squared, a lot of the training uh, organizations and businesses out there in terms of getting involved with them, um, local chapters, right? Cloud Security Alliance has local chapters all over the U.S. Um, women in cybersecurity. Um, yes, men are part of that too. Um, I mean, there's a number of them. And and I keep saying, I think we've talked about it in our chats before, Paul, you, me, Chris, and Alex, um, about coming up with a repository and a list of all of them. But, you know, there's no shortage of them. And LinkedIn is a great channel to find a lot of those type of organizations and groups and communities, um, discord channels. There's, there, there's no shortage. It's just finding what is the right one for you? What are you actually trying to do and what do you want to get out of it? So I think that's a, that brings up a good point, right? When we were talking about your one and a half certs, uh, gaming a life, you know, he mentioned or she mentioned certs are cool, but most of the time they're, uh, they only prove you're good at taking tests. Um, and sadly, we're seeing that, right? You know, you have some boot camps out there or some vendors out there that, you know, they are taking your money just to teach you how to take a test. And this is why, you know, personally, this is one of the reasons why we don't want to push certs uh, or degrees. We want that foundational knowledge. And I think, um, you know, Carrie's pretty involved. I've, I've, Seen him inside InfoSec, seen him inside uh, Simply Cyber. Uh, he's in Maite's um, Security Noobs Discord, so that's awesome. But, you know, I, I think different circumstances also weigh in, and you know that, right? What do you want to do? You know, there, there's 52 roles and 33 subspecialties within IT and cyber. It's really identifying what stands out to you as a person, in my opinion. Because you want to do what you want to do that's going to make you happy. Uh, you know, get to the point where you you forget and fail that time check because you're having fun at work and you didn't sign it. That's my my ideas now. Um, so you mentioned all these vendors, you know, and we've we've talked quite a bit, and we all know that there's a stigma behind toxic vendors, uh, toxic cells, and stuff like that, but what um how did you use that to fuel where you are today yeah great question um it, it it all comes back to people and humans right um i think as much as technology is great it can also be um you know a blocker and you know take away from our core and i think we really have to remember it's all about people in the end and relationships right and, you know, I was, when I was on the, um, still in, you know, marketing partnerships within my career with, in the cybersecurity, a uh, couple companies, you know, I started looking around at, okay, what messaging are we putting out there? What are we, how are we positioning um, to CISOs? And how do we talk about our product and when? And I was looking at the rest of the market in comparison, and I thought, Man, if you just come in from an outsider and you're not on the vendor side and you don't know the ins and outs because you haven't had to work with them, like, you know, in partnerships, et cetera, to really understand what they do, you can get blinded by all the 
marketing messages and the sales messages because they all start to sound the same after a while. And I was always hearing through third parties, if you will, what CISOs thought, right? And what they needed. So, but I wanted to understand, if you want to understand the truth, right? The single source of truth, who do you go to? The direct person, right? <laughs> to get that direct line of a uh, uh, single pane of glass or what if you will view. So I started um, building relationships with CISOs and I would just go to them and say, hey, I'm in you know this position at a company, um, but I'm very just curious on you know getting to know you more so how do you think what makes you tick what are you looking for what are your challenges i want to hear from you um and just listen because i think there's probably different ways to communicate from a vendor standpoint messaging and um you know to help you but i need to know from you what what you need to do that and i did get a lot of people responding back and accepting the linkedin invite and wanting to talk to me because I listened, but that helped me along the way to do a few things. One, build my relationships with those folks. And then two, really understand directly from them what the realities are. What are they facing every day? What are their struggles? What are their challenges? What do they look at? It's not just technology and products, right? It's people process technology, many other things, hiring. <laughs> How do they get their talent in and, and get the budget for that, right? And so once I could understand them, you know, I, I probably, um, well, let's just say uh, startups have loved me because I, I can be in the bull, a bull in the China shop and scrappy and everything else. <laughs> and sometimes I'm not afraid of being very direct, um, but, you know, there's always an audience who doesn't always prefer that. Um, but I start going back to our teams and I said, I think we need to revisit how we communicate publicly and what what we what we position because this is what I've been hearing from the ground um and I don't know if you know there there's a lot of layers in companies sometimes right so it maybe didn't go as far as I wish it would have um but it's one of the reasons I was so adamant about um how do we change how do we make the change how, how do we evolve and then what, what what do I need to do to help do that right um, and, and I would say every single experience I've had, every single job role, every single company manager team has been a complete learning experience and um, has made me better and better along the way. And I thank my mentors in the community too. Um, I think we in cybersecurity would be doing a disservice to ourselves if we just said we're fine with things being status quo. I think we always have to be changing and evolving. Um, the landscape's changing and evolving. And I think we can't sit there um, stagnant and, and not change and not listen and truly understand if we really want to see things be effective and make an impact in a much bigger way. I think that's a, that's a critical point, right? You, because your vendor relationships, because you've been in sales and marketing, uh, even business development, you, you've had a level of you know, what people don't think of open source intelligence. Yeah. Right. OSINT. And I, you know, it's one of those things where everybody seems to think that OSINT is I'm here to go track down some bad guys that are doing some trafficking persons uh, or missing, missing person cases and stuff like that. But as we're 
as we're growing as a as a community, we're starting to notice that you know marketing, there is a huge level of open source intelligence research in it. What is my com uh, competition doing? What can I do better than that competition? And I think that's you know that's one of the things when uh, like you correct me if I'm wrong, but you you OSINT the heck out of Mastercard to get your role. Uh, I mean, you went above and beyond to to build out uh, a pretty outstanding presentation. You know, in my opinion, is that something that I, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, should if you're thinking entry level and you just don't have the technical chops right now, would you consider, you know, advising people to take those cyber cell roles? I would. So. It every individual has to make the decision for themselves on what's best for them. Right. And, and that's when we mentor folks, we guide them to, we don't tell them what they need. You know, we help guide them on the path that's going to be best for them because every individual is different. My path was different. How I got in your path was different. Everyone's different. And you, there's a lot of um, noise that's out there that you can listen to it all, but you also have to re realize but what do you take from that and, and what's right? And then the mentors who are probably most helpful are the ones who ask questions and truly try to understand you so they can be there as a sounding board and give you some guidance and advice, but that's, you know, as, as unbiased or not so much projected as possible. Right. Um, and, and I mean, it's kind of like being a psychologist, right. <laughs> to some degree, <laughs> but it, we, you know, I, I look at some folks I mentor and they've been out of a job for two years. And I say to them, look, I know you want to get in this specific role within cybersecurity and be on the tech side, but you also don't want to be unemployed for another year, you know, or maybe you have so much money and you can do that. Right. But that's most often not the case. So I encourage them to think about the opportunities because it's it is vast, right? You can still be in cybersecurity, but you might be in a sales role or a marketing role or a partnership role or in finance or something, right? There's so many cybersecurity vendors out there with so many different roles, customer success role. Think about the opportunity um or think about it as an opportunity and the what you can learn and skills you can gain that will make you better as a security practitioner once you get there, right? So for example, you will be in a sales role, building relationships with um, clients, customers, directly with the cybersecurity decision makers. That's so valuable. You're going to hear directly from them what, what they're doing and what they need, how you can help them. Um, you're going to understand the business more. You're going to understand how to communicate um, better and message better for the business. That's going to serve you so well when you get into that practitioner role. Um, and if you're working in a cybersecurity company, regardless of the role, you have a lot of opportunity to get to know the market, get to know the technology and really build relationships. So I do encourage people to look at different avenues. And I say to them, and it's much how I, I kind of got my way into it, is it may not happen the exact way you envision. But if you continue to work at it, you continue to put the time and effort in, you continue to stay motivated and it will happen just maybe a slightly different way. So you have to be open, open-minded for sure. So I always, I always like the last question that Chris asks, and this is going to be our last question. 
um, you know, imagine someone in the future is listening to you right now. You know, what what piece of advice or sage advice would you give them? Uh, you know, to maybe focus on now or even forecast out. Two pieces. <laughs> One, don't be so hard on yourself because there's a lot of others that will be hard on you. Um, and you have to give yourself some, some self-love and self-care. If you're, I mean, it, it's an industry where you're going to have long hours and work hard. So don't get burnt out. And then the second piece of advice, um, second to that is it, um, be open to the journey and, and trusting. And when things come up that are opportunity in your, that come in your path, take it. Say yes to it because those are stepping stones and that does require a certain mindset to um, kind of navigate both professionally and personally through life that way. But it can be a little less stressful when you can be more trusting to the process. Those are very, very well said. Um, you know, as we wrap up, obviously, you know, we'd be doing some disservice if we didn't say if you're following us on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, if you're following us on LinkedIn, do that follow, do that like, drop a comment. Uh, thank you for coming out today, Leah. And you know, as, as always, it's, it's a pleasure to have you as a, a co-founder for the whole Cyberhuman Initiative. Thank you, Paul. And I want to thank um, Christoph as well for uh, the support here and having me on as a guest. Thank you all.